I'm Adam Epstein, and I'm a dirty moderate. Dirty moderates, I don't know about you guys, but it's been over a week since Uvalde, and it just seems to me like we are in a never-ending pandemic of gun violence. And I don't mean this to sound, oh, wow, Adam, where have you been? No, I, I know. It's been going on. I mean, as of this recording, one mass shooting every day this week so far, as of this recording. And I want to just follow up on my episode yesterday, which I felt I was in a somber and grieving place, rightfully so. So was everybody else. But when you factor into the real world, which is what we do here at Dirty Myra, pragmatism, clear-eyed thinking, no dogmas, right? And you try to balance all the political issues of guns. You have to come to a place um, and I'm not someone who's taken a journey from being a you know huge Second Amendment guy to now wanting a gun, uh, a gun safety reform. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. But I am somebody who is in the center and does understand that you know the government can pass a ton of laws with a lot of things, regulations and laws, and they don't always help. Sometimes they make matters worse. But we're at a place where. And by the way, for the record, I'm not applying that uh, narrowly to gun control. I'm just speaking of the way we can. The government can pass things and it can be a mess, right? It can be a shambles. But a child, okay, this is according to gunviolence.org. I said it last week, but it's important. A child is killed due to gun violence every 15 hours in this country. I mean, every 15 hours a kid is killed. Now, obviously, mass shootings are not all the killings here. You know, firearm deaths have come mainly at the hands of suicides, which is no consolation of parents who've had their eight-year-old kid put in a casket this week. The bottom line is, is that gun violence is, okay, the number one cause of death in the United States for people who are between one-year-old and 19 years old. Okay? That is just a reality. And I'm, I'm wrestling here, guys. I, I, that's why I wanted to talk this week about, you know, where I'm at. Because I want there to be major, major change. This can't go on. I mean, can't live like this. You know all the reasons. You, you've heard all the data. Every day you wake up and you hear something else. I mean, my God, one mass shooting every day this week so far. You heard Tulsi yesterday at a hospital. Angry man who had been angry over his back pain went, back pain, went and killed his doctor. But a hospital, a high school, a funeral today in Racine, Wisconsin. They were burying a guy in Racine, Wisconsin, who fled the police. The guy actually, just so the record's clear, the guy had a gun. He came out of the car and he ran. And he was shot by a cop. And they're burying him today. And yet there were uh, multiple injuries, apparently no deaths reported at this time, today at a funeral. So again, at a funeral today in Racine, Wisconsin, they were burying somebody who had been shot and there was a shooting. So in the past 24 hours, again, a high school, a hospital, Walmart, and now a funeral. You know, if we're not focusing on the guns, guys, we're not doing it right. Okay? And here's what I mean. Second Amendment is in the Bill of Rights. The Second Amendment is in the Bill of Rights. And... It does speak about a right to own a gun. It also does 
speak of a well-regulated militia. And just so people know, there was no standing army when that language was written. So it was up to the local farmer, um, yeoman, you know, to, to have a gun to protect, protect themselves, you know. It's not long after the United States had thrown off the yoke of a tyrannical empire called Great Britain. They were worried what would happen. They had no other way. There was no standing army. Okay, that's when that language was written. And of course, they were muskets, you know, shooting a musket. It was three to five minutes between each shot. Yet again, AR-15s have been used in every one of these shootings. Well, I don't know about Racine today, but every other one, the one at the hospital yesterday, AR-15s have been used in all their firepower to just murder, right? And they are military-style weapons, and they are capable of, I think I mentioned last week, in five minutes, the Sandy Hook killer, for example, who murdered all those six-year-olds, in five minutes, he shot, I think, 153 rounds. Okay. So I know, and I want to say this to the listeners, law-abiding gun ownership is a right. It's not true that it's a new right. It is a right. It is enshrined in the Constitution. And you know, if we want to talk about changing that, well, that is two-thirds of both houses of Congress and three-fourths of the state legislatures. It's what it is. That's not going to happen. So we have to find a way to not trample on a constitutional right, but also, pragmatically speaking, and just straight up, not trample on the right to life. Not the right to abortion life, the right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. The right to live, the right to not be shot. You do not have a constitutional right to own an AR-15, as I see it. You have a constitutional right to own a gun. But even Antonin Scalia, the famous conservative who authored the famous uh, District of Columbia versus Heller decision, which ensured the individual right to own a handgun. This was a 2008 decision, which has often been cited as the first, the sort of beginning of guns being sort of accepted as everyone can own one. Uh, I don't think that's true, by the way. I'm sorry if that sounded clumsy. I don't think that current understandings of Heller are correct. Guns have, have been part of the society for a long time, since the beginning, and people have owned them. But the politics of guns, okay, it's the politics of guns have become corrosive and grotesque. In the late 70s, the NRA got together and decided that they would beef up their lobbying. They had previously been a place to teach about gun safety and supported gun laws and was a place that hunters could belong to mainly and talk about sport and different kind of rifles and guns. Well, they decided in the late 70s to get political, and they did. And 45 years later or so, here we are with a potent, I think, death cult uh, strangling our representatives, namely the Republicans, but not all. Listen, there's a lot of Democratic uh, uh, gun owners out there. Right, it's because there's 400 million guns. There's more that we know of, by the way. There's more guns than there are people, and so, you know. But we got to balance the right. You know, does the federal government have a massive program that ensures a federal background check? Um, I don't know. Sounds like we should. You know, the most common idea we hear when we speak of gun safety reform. And by the way, I want to say something. Stop calling it gun control. Everything is language. Call it gun safety or gun safety reform. I know people say, you know, don't call it pro-life, call it anti-choice, but they're right because we are in an information war weaponized completely by Fox News, the far right, the conservative media, and all that they can, contrary to popular belief, they're not canceled. 
they got a lot of airtime, a lot of places to talk. They're going to accuse Congress and mainly Democrats and everybody who just wants this madness to come to an end of being about seizing their guns, right? An authoritarian takeover, confiscating their guns, which of course nobody is doing. But if you say gun safety, who can disagree with that? Because you know what? As people keep saying, why can't we treat guns like an insurance issue, license and registration, training, longer waiting periods? I don't see, uh, and I was talking about Scalia earlier, I meant to say that the Second Amendment is not absolute. So I don't see anywhere in the Second Amendment that makes it a limitless right to own any gun under any condition anywhere. Because as you saw, the AR-15s bought all the way back from Las Vegas to Charleston, the uh, white supremacist shooting, Dylan Roof shot up that church, Sandy Hook, all the recent shootings, all these guns have been obtained, have been obtained legally. Okay. And in 19 states right now, you can't be 18 and purchase a firearm. You shouldn't be allowed to anywhere because federal government now, as of 2019, doesn't let you buy cigarettes at 18. So we have to decide what are the what are going to be the rules? Are the states going to actually require registration and licensing? Or is the gun issue, and this is a big question, is it as, is this as much of an inflection point? Is it as dire? Is it, are we on a precipice like we were with the civil rights movement? What I mean is the federal government had to step in and pass the Civil Rights Act, thank God they did, the Voting Rights Act of 65, Civil Rights Act of 64, and then the Fair Housing Act of 68. They had to because st- Southern states would not integrate. They wanted black people, as you know, the sort of history at separate drinking fountains, see at the back of the bus in different schools, et cetera, et cetera. Is this a moment, and I ask this as a dirty motto, where the federal government is going to have to robustly do something or compel states to do something by virtue of its law, which I guess is the same thing, because does the federal government have to have a national system where every single firearm bought from whenever such a bill would ever be passed, if it even would, would have to be registered, licensed. The people would have to be trained. I mean, for example, California does it very well. There's a 10-day waiting period. You have to take a test, pass a background check. Um, but I mean, why wouldn't you with something that is a weapon that kills? So, I mean, people are hunting because they kill animals, right? Um, that's what they do. Why wouldn't we want to regulate something that now is being used to slaughter Americans pretty much on a daily basis? right? Babies, babies. I mean, I mean, what is, what is Greg Abbott, right, of Texas or any governor doing about mass shootings in their state? We have to do something. And I don't know that Congress will. And by November, folks, it's likely to be a red wave, which means nothing will get done. But the question now is what? It's the what? Because, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can't just say constitutional rights and that just can't lie out there like a dead animal that nobody wants to clean up right? Meaning you can't just use the idea that there's a second amendment, therefore you can do whatever the hell you want all the time with a weapon. You just can't have that. So, but, but what are, I like the idea of insurance, but what are the other options? I mean, red flag laws, you know, you can petition a a court in your state or in your town to say, look, so-and-so shouldn't own a gun because they're, they beat me up or they are showing signs of schizophrenia or all sorts of reasons. Maybe those work, maybe those don't. I don't know. Would a red flag have stopped this guy Ramos and Uvalde? I don't know. He was posting things. But you can't arrest people for thought crimes. So it's, it's tough. But we're in a balancing act now for gun safety reform. 
because the Bill of Rights are the first 10 amendments of the Constitution, okay, authored by James Madison. I'm going to always stress civics in here and history because it's so important. And they have to be respected. You can't put the Second Amendment in some weird category, but then uphold the first, uphold the sixth, uphold the seventh and the ninth and all that stuff. But since every right comes with a responsibility, it's the Second Amendment that seems to have the biggest problem being managed, being balanced, being contained in its meaning. And again, you have to apply the idea of a living, breathing constitution to the idea of the Second Amendment. That a well-regulated militia doesn't mean what it meant then, but, it, but even the well-regulated militia, which were the people themselves, right, they had to be regulated. So it actually makes the case, meaning we don't, we now have obviously have, fed, have an army. They didn't have a standing army, but the, the, the law still said, the amendment, the right still said that things have to be controlled, even if you're going to try to defend yourself. I mean, with great power comes great responsibility. Is this too much power? These are the questions. And again, like last week, this is American heartbreak because has this train left the station and we can't ever catch it? It's never going to come to our depot again. Can we do anything about the guns in circulation? But is Washington now going to virtue signal and go past laws that don't do anything with moral fervor? You know, the Democrats are great at moral fervor, but nothing gets really changed. Our states... Right. If there isn't a federal mandate on something, think about this. Are states going to do nothing? Or if the federal government passes laws, who's to say Greg Abbott in Texas and Brad Little in Idaho? I'm just thinking of people here, red state governors, DeSantis, lots of them. Who's to say their states won't sue? There'll be lawyers who will argue that some of these laws violate the Second Amendment, violate a constitutional right to own a gun, violate the meaning of the Bill of Rights, as the Second Amendment is the Second Amendment of the first ten amendments. I don't know, guys. This is it. And again, I, I always say, what if I'm wrong on this podcast? Or I don't know. Or tell me what we can do. I mean, we're going to have some people on here that articulate, or at least I hope in the coming weeks, that articulate what those laws should be. I mean, we've heard them all from Red Flag to Assault Weapons Ban. We did have an Assault Weapons Ban, again, enacted uh, in uh, the 90s, 1994, by President Clinton, expired under George W. Bush. The studies I've seen show that gun deaths were down, gun shooting deaths were down about 43%. I don't know how they came to that number. I don't know what their methodology is. I don't know that that's accurate, but it seems like there were less slaughters because AR-15s were much harder to get. And certainly if they shouldn't be banned, and I probably think they should be, but if they shouldn't, man, they should really, really be only allowed for certain guns. I mean, it's going to have to get specific, but let, let me say this. You can't just decide, you can't start saying we're going to ban this weapon and that weapon, but not this weapon, but not that weapon. I mean, you can, but that may run afoul of the law. So this is a conundrum, a conundrum, because we've got a real problem and I can't say it again and again enough. And I am a dirty moderate and I do understand the right to own a gun. And I do see that it is not a new thing, but I do understand that's a society whose peace and liberty is threatened by the existence of guns not being managed or regulated is not a free society. You hear us say it here all the time, you know, freedom means freedom for everybody. Well, yeah, you have a freedom to own a firearm with proper 
background checks and rules and laws, I think, registration, insurance. Uh, but people have a right to feel safe in school. You know, look, you can never stop all bad things from happening. I don't think anybody who's sane in this debate is saying that. I know I'm not. I'm aware there will be a shooting. There will be a something. There will be a murder. There will be, of course. But isn't a reduction in this daily affliction of ours better than none? I mean, we're not, there's no such thing as, as, as zero. But you also don't use what's called the 1% doctrine, which, you know, you are worried about 1% of 1% of people in the country. So then you pass laws for 99% of the country. This is a con gun drum. My producer just sent it to me because I couldn't say it. But I'm not trying to be cute. It's a con gun drum. I coined it right here today. Can't we be better? Is this the best we can do? I said on Memorial Day that we were, we were honoring, I tweeted that, I posted it. Those who follow me probably saw it. A uh, million, four million and a half soldiers who've died in the line of duty protecting our freedom in this country. I salute them and family members who were part of that, the risks they've taken. But they took a risk to make this a freer place. So in that tweet, I said, this Memorial Day, we can't not help but remember broken families, broken and bereaved people whose loved ones are gone, that they didn't have to go. You know, death is inevitable. We all know that. But death, these start to feel like almost coordinated death, right? Almost uh, deaths that become avoidable, but we now are nowhere going to happen because we won't seem to do anything about it. Again, is this the best we can do? That's the issue. And I don't think it's the best we can do. I think we're failing. We're not just failing our children. We're failing ourselves. But this was Memorial Day week. And I did a lot of thinking. And I said, the slain include these children. The slain are not just the soldiers. Right? Every one of us in a certain way is a soldier. A soldier who believes, I think, in the American experiment. President Biden reminded us that there will be an empty chair. Many empty chairs in some instances. At many people's dinner tables because of guns, because we do nothing, not just because a gun exists, but because we don't treat a gun with the severity and the risk that it entails. We should all be soldiers of democracy, folks, and we should all have the right to be in this country. Doing nothing about guns doesn't even give us a shot of serving. Nope. Doesn't even give us a shot. Yeah, we have to be better. You've heard me say it. But it's going to be tough to pass these laws. But just like democracy hangs in the balance right now in America in a way it hasn't in a long, long time, what we do about guns and how we handle it and how we protect the people in this country who do have a freedom to live in a gun safety world or a gun safe world, that is going to be this nation's foremost challenge, I believe in the coming years if we don't do something because we will we will lurch from massacre to massacre tragedy to tragedy despair to despair this con gun drum needs to be solved and you know what there should be less less pain and less anguish and certainly a child shouldn't be taken from a parent because of needless gun violence but 
People going to a funeral shouldn't be shot, nor should they be shot at Walmart, shot anywhere. And the only thing we can do, folks, it is true you can make a change, but you've got to vote. Vote. vote Vote.org. You have to vote because if you want to see any of this done, you have to go to the voting booth. Again, the 101 million of you that did not vote, about a third of the population, vote.org. Look around. We just got out of a pandemic or still in a COVID pandemic. Technically, we are in a gun pandemic and it is not going away. It's not going away. On that note, I'm uh, still baffled wrestling with this conundrum and I'm sad. But I am a soldier of democracy and I want everybody to have the same right to be a soldier too. All right, folks, stay dirty, stay moderate, stay safe.